what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Stephanie Romanski. I love it when we wait. That's yeah. the best part. And the daintiest thread is uh, uh, things that we love more than other people that are being remade. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like two of my favorite things Texas yeah, exactly. Chainsaw Massacre and Elvis Presley. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I'm going to go see that fucking movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. I'll go see the movie. It's just between the the, Tom Hanks looking like a bullfrog. Why why does he also talk like that? I don't know. Anyway. Well, he's Dutch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the colonel is a whole story. Yeah, we can get into that if you want. Yes, I want to get into that. I can't wait to be educated. Before we do that, how are you doing, Steph? Are are things okay? Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> that's about Sometimes as far as I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's Things always... are not falling apart. <laughs> right. Completely. No. Not yet. We're just floating in the pool, man. That's all we're doing. That's all we can do. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, uh, we hit another snag to where my, uh, my publisher doesn't want yeah. to give up the rights for some reason that they normally would, and so we've had to cajole them, and now they're finally doing it. So things are now continuing slowly because we keep running into new ways to make mistakes. Oh, no. <laughs> I've never Ooh. seen a publisher act like this before. <laughs> well, I'm not the book agent, am I? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yikes. I figured we could media res talking about BFest, but whoa, we're recording. So. Are they Are they, Are they? they? Uh, just Every, trying to get more money? or? I don't know. I... I I could speculate, but okay. uh, I'm being recorded, so I ought not oh, okay. to. Oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> I ought not Oh, yeah, to. are you still under the gag order? Um, it, technically, I never signed the gag order. What okay. I got was an email saying... Uh, Non-disclosure, uh, or you, whatever, you yeah. will eventually You will eventually sign an NDA. Do you have a problem with that? And I said no. And so I think legally, if they wanted to come after me, they could, but okay. I don't know. I think well, then possible. we will stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, anyway. That's bad. So, no one showed up to B-Fest. What? people. Well, yeah, I mean that's expected. I think I it's it's a, it's a blip on the road. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll come back. It'll come back hard. Yeah, did did you see any of the people? B Fest was this weekend, Steph. Did you see any of the reports? I saw nothing. I had no idea it was this weekend. It was, yeah. yeah, it's like if you go on Facebook and some some of our friends were still there, and it's just kind of eerie how empty the auditorium was. Yeah. Aww. There were about fifty people there total, is what they're saying. I think 50, so. 60 people. And but but again, with all the photos, like I counted like four people total, <laughs> and it's like wow. <laughs> yeah. And part of me is like that's so sad, and part of me is like God, I wish I was there. Yeah. Just, just for the, <laughs> no one was there. No one was there, and it's like oh, you just kind of like room to breathe, and it's like oh, it'd be great. You could actually hear the film. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. No, I, Dave the Rock Nelson yelling at you yeah. for twenty minutes <laughs> about monkeys. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Yeah, for those playing at home, uh, I just showed Mike the trailer for uh, The Rock, uh, the Ed Wood of the 21st century, uh, and it's a gentleman who once yelled at us in a movie theater, and apparently he makes films. And <sighs> I think we were sort of aware of this, but we weren't quite sure. But again, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it was a thing. I paid thirty five dollars not to you guys talk about monkeys. It's like, okay, dude, <laughs> calm Ed, down. Ed Wood might have been a little bit more of a functioning adult than he drank himself. To death. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that might Very be a little true. harsh. Very I'm sorry. True. I've been on a 
on a rip of Coleman re- Francis, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, he also drank himself. Yeah. Up, so I've been on a rip of saying really mean things lately, so I should probably <laughs> tone it back just a bit. <laughs> well, on that note, <sighs> welcome to the Atomic Way to Cheese for Real Life's Cult Cinema. Cult Cinema's Frequently Real Life. I'm Mike. Stuff. Uh, what are we talking about today? Okay, I'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. And uh, we also want to mention that uh, uh, my daughter Tessa is with us for another episode. Say Yay. hi. Hello. Because you have seen both the things that we're going to talk about today. Unfortunately. Mm. All right. So the the loosest of threads, the lo- the daintiest of threads, the 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 gossamer, spider- thin. gossamer thin thread that I am uh, tying these two things together that we want to talk about today is uh, things that we we are passionate about that other people might not be as passionate about. That they're remaking. <laughs> Ta da! How's that? How's that? Does that fit in a uh, in a box for a podcast episode? I'm sure. Sure. Things that you know died in the '70s, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the two things we're going to talk about. We'll start off with the uh, the trailer for Baz Baz Luhrmann's. Is it just called Elvis, or yeah. is it called Elvis TCB? Because I saw TCB in. The, I think it's just Elvis. Okay, his Elvis movie. And then uh, we're gonna we're gonna spend just a little bit of time on Fetty Alvarez's uh, Texas Chainsaw reboot. <laughs> Oh boy, this is, we're going to have some fun. So I have questions. All right. So let's start off with Elvis. I'll set it up by saying that uh, Baz Luhrmann, whose work, I, I want to tell a quick Baz Luhrmann story. I don't know if I've ever told this story on mic before, but I was in, in 2001, when Moulin Rouge came out, I was in the long since destroyed and turned into seven other things, uh, Mall, the Imperial Four, no, the, the Four. Uh, oh, the Conestoga Four. Conestoga Four. Conestoga Four. Right. Ever since it, since I was there, it's been a mini golf course. It's been a, a, a vape store. shop, a Halloween store, and now it's a Michael's. Uh, uh, could be or no, not Michael's. A uh, Hobby Lobby type place. Anyway, oh, Joanne's in a bunch of different things. Anyway, um, two thousand one. I'm in the movie theater. Oh, we're watching. Sorry, yeah. got nostalgia there for a minute. <laughs> I'm watching Moulin Rouge. At one point, I have to leave to go refill my pop or use the bathroom or something, and this lady is. Uh, if you don't know Moulin Rouge, it's just extremely frenetic. Just a, l- a thousand cuts every minute. Uh, lots of stuff happening. They'll throw songs at you that you know. Just you know, it just, a lot of stuff is happening all at once. And there was a lady out at the snack bar who was berating some poor manager. She's pounding her fist on the desk. She's saying, "This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen." And when she stops to breathe, the manager goes, "Well, do you like it?" And she stops for a second and goes, "I don't know." And then goes back in the theater. <laughs> She was just mad because she was being assaulted, which is something I totally understand because Baz Lorman will do that to you. He'll assault you. But some people like, you get a little overwhelmed like that, and it's just yes. like fight or flight. And like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, she Seri- was, I'm serious. She, you know, it's yeah. She went and fought. Yeah, you get that <laughs> strange cacophony, and it's like you get that ultrasound shit or whatever. And yeah, it's like, yeah, ah! yeah. So speaking that, of ultrasound, I got something to talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh so, yeah! So that's uh, so that's Baz Luhrmann basically lo- throws a lot of stuff at the wall and a surprising amount of a stick. Some of his what movies is, are pretty good. What else has he done? Uh, Romeo Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. Uh, oh, that. okay, sure. Yeah, he did. Um, Strictly uh, Ballroom. Yeah, Strictly Ballroom, which is pretty good. Pretty he good. Did. That movie is a classic. <laughs> so there. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, so I, I don't. It's I, part. I don't... It's part of the trilogy of Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, and Strictly Ballroom. Is oh, a red well, red curtain. The red curtain. <laughs> uh, in the but anyway, th- that's what he calls it, the red curtain trilogy. And that Strictly just, Ballroom I, was the first one. I learned something. Huh. Yeah, and then then he did one called called Australia, 
uh, which I never saw. Okay. And it seems to me like he had one. Oh, other Hugh big... Jackman's in that. Yeah. Okay. It yep. seems to me he has one one other big budget one we're missing. It's a Gatsby. There was some sort of internet database we can consult. Gatsby. Oh, the Great Gatsby. There it is. That's right. That's right. That's right. And the Great Gatsby. I, I thought it was all right. Okay. I, not my favorite piece of literature, but I thought they did okay with it. So. Okay. Uh, so he's making an Elvis flick, boys and girls, and uh, the trailer dropped this weekend. And from the, I think I'm in the minority of just looking at this trailer and just laughing all the way through it. I did not think it was a good trailer. <laughs> I I thought it made the movie look like garbage. And it starts off with Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks, oh, who's playing Colonel Tom, Tom Parker in a fat suit. In a fat suit, he looks like a bullfrog. Tom <laughs> Hanks was a bullfrog, okay. and uh, he he starts off sounding like Ren Hoek from Ren and Stimpy, saying. Some people might consider me a villain. <laughs> and I was gone. I was just laughing my butt off for the rest of the trailer, which appears to be an exploration of America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s using Elvis Presley as Forrest Gump. That's as near as I can tell what's happening you know, in this that's trailer. A, that's a really good analogy. It really is. And uh, yeah, and I'll be first in line to see it. <laughs> They've, they've got some some guy I've never heard of playing Elvis who looks he doesn't even he decide. looks like Vera for me <laughs> sounds good although he, sounds does, good. he looks good and it's like he's got the part and everything but he looks like Vera for me and it's freaking me out and so, so um, I, for, I for those of us at home who is that oh, oh that's um, the gal from the Conjuring okay uh, oh, she was uh, did, did you ever see the Departed. Okay. No, no. It's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, love was, interest in the departed. Norman in Bates's the... mom in the in the series. Yeah, Bates, uh, Motel. Bates Motel. Uh, okay. God, what else has she been in? She's like she's everywhere. She's did did you watch Hawkeye? She yeah, was she's in a, Hawkeye. She's Kate's mom in Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There it goes. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so I want to give one more impression in the trailer, and then I want to hear what what both of you thought of it because the um. The the thing that struck me is Baz Luhrmann's never been one for subtlety, but at one point and neither was Elvis. <laughs> neither was Elvis. At, at the beginning, they keep cross cutting between his uh, uh, Southern Baptist upbringing, bringing going to a revival and shaking, and then him moving his hips. And oh my God, it was like Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story. Yep. <laughs> because, because it's like the one scene in Dewey Cox story where he's playing Walk Hard, and all of a sudden. Uh, teenage girls start screaming coming through the walls and someone says you just wrote a song that changed American music son and that's exactly what it reminded me of it was basically girls start screaming immediately and fainting and he's Elvis he's doing like Heartbreak Hotel right yeah and so he's, he got that first opening salvo you know? yeah, exactly yeah and because like the, the crowd is tittering mm-hmm. they're kind of making fun of him the one guy yells at him or whatever and then he right. breaks into it and then suddenly all the women in the audience got the vapors <laughs> and they're all running toward the stage. Cause it's like, what is yep, this? Yep. But the thing is, you know, back then it's like, what is this? Yeah. You know, they didn't, you know, and my only saving grace is this is a very Baz Luhrmann thing, Okay. but I don't know why it strikes me so silly. Okay. Cause man, it struck me silly. Okay. okay. I want to hear what you both thought of the trailer. Tessa, if you have anything to, to add. <laughs> I was just laughing at Tom Hanks. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom Hoek. Has... <laughs> You He's and been I, talking about making this for years. And what's he doing? I, I, I seriously, he can't <laughs> listen to that and realize that that well, can't be his real performance I, voice. You know, I, he's, he's, Parker's Dutch. Okay. Okay. He's from the Netherlands. And 
and, you know, he said, this is a whole story. And, 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 yeah, get into it. it. There's like rumors that there might have been a murder, and he came into the country illegally, like when he was 20. <laughs> uh, he worked in a, he's a carny. Uh, he, he worked several shows. He was a uh, manager for several other acts, like Eddie Arnold and Hank Snow. Okay. And he, like, Tommy Sands was sort of a dry run for Presley. And that's one of the reasons why, like, Elvis never did, like, uh, any tours outside the United States. Because Parker couldn't get a passport. <laughs> he would have gotten arrested. He would have got arrested and, and deported. And so that's, like, in, and and the craziest, the, the craziest thing is, um, when I took my mom and I, we went to Graceland about five, six years ago now. Yeah. And we went to the the Elvis Museum in Tupelo. And there's sort of a chapel there. And one of the pews was donated by Colonel Parker. And there's like little plaques on all the pews or whatever that says who did it. And Parker's was on there, but someone scratched his name off. You could still read it, you know, because because there's people who absolutely hate Colonel Parker. Yeah, well, in the in the whole Elvis story, there, and, there's a real decent and there, argument. And there's a decent argument that he, he did, and he or squandered it would be a better word, right? Because right. and the thing is, without Parker. Half the shit that Presley did would never have happened. So the Presley that we know would not be the Presley, the same Presley without Parker. Huh. You know, and it's like you kind of try to got to come to kind of come to grips with that a little bit on some things because yeah, no, because like I could I could rant here for an hour on <laughs> on what Parker did. You know, because like Parker found him, they were like still the Blue Moon Boys. Yeah, when he found them, and um, yeah, because it was Presley and uh, uh, Scotty Moore and Bill Black. Okay. Is the trio, and uh, and then Parker got him, and he, like I said, just like overnight, he blew up. He got his RCA contract. He got the contract with Paramount, with Hal Wallace. They got him into the movies. He's the one who talked him into like going into the service and being an actual soldier instead of like going into the special services. So he'd be like a sort of. It was all part of the to like. Uh, the the to that like the to change his image. Okay. Instead of like this howling predatory hillbilly cat, you know, like right, who right, gives right, right. all the women the vapors, it was like Hal Wallace and the William Morris Agency were trying to turn him into because like when Presley comes back from the army, it's like he's completely different, right? And it's all it is is movies. Like there was no touring because Parker got into his head they can make a ton of money with soundtracks and films. And he so, wasn't wrong. They made a ton of they money. They made a ton of money, but creatively speaking, eh, he kind of yeah. stalled. Yeah. And so he did not grow as an artist. And then, of course, you know, Parker, he got fifty percent of everything. Oh my God! Okay, what a terrible deal. Exactly. And when they started in Hollywood, uh, you know, he put in his contract that you know they get like five hundred thousand a picture, but then he could also shop him around to other studios because, like, with, with Paramount, is what he signed with. And so they're making all these films. And they're making this ton of money, but it's not enough because, like, Parker's like an inveterate gambler, and he's always uh-huh. losing his money and. I bet on black, right? Right? <laughs> right? And so you got, and then so it just sort of just becomes this, this machine that keeps devouring itself because, because huh. they got like five hundred thousand up front and fifty percent of the profit. Okay, but you know how studios cook books, right? Right. Okay, yeah. so they weren't. So getting, there's no profit on. So they weren't getting yeah. any on the back end. So Parker put took it upon himself to cut money everywhere. On the, on the production, thinking that that would lead to profit, up more profit on the back end. But the, and that's why you just see this horrible arc of his film career. How the, the films just got shittier and shittier and shittier is because they weren't spending any money on it. Huh. 
they were you know weren't spending money on people to write good songs for it or get a good director or or decent decent you know uh, castmates and things like that. And so like I said, it's fascinating when you dig into the history of it. And like I said, where it just the guy kept cutting his own throat and not really realizing it. And he thought he was this great entrepreneur. Yeah. And in some sense, he was. Because again, it's like Presley isn't the Presley that we remember, if not for Parker. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, it's just, I just. Well, so that sounds like it would be an amazing story yeah. as opposed to Elvis Gump. <laughs> we'll see. Like I said, I, 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 I'm in. <laughs> you know? well, they had one scene in the trailer where at one point uh, they show a JFK's been shot, Martin Luther King's been shot, and like yeah. everyone's getting shot. and and Parker goes, it has nothing to do with us. And Elvis goes, it's got everything to do with us, man. What are you talking about? I'm an American. It's well, got think, everything to do with I me. I think that was that was during the like the, the when they were doing the '68 comeback special. Yeah. And then he does the, he does I Can Dream song, which was, is an it is uh, an amazing number. That, song, that, that whole song. that whole comeback special is incredible. And because uh, yeah, because you know, like look at '64. Yeah. We did uh, Viva Las Vegas. Which they best spent movie. a ton of money on his best movie, and which sent Parker into fits. And so, uh, he basically then made a deal with Jungle Sam Katzman okay. to do Har- Harem Scarum and Roustabout. <laughs> okay, oh no, and you know, it, it just it just just basically just get the budgets down to nothing, and so it's just so he can make more profits on that on the end of that deal. And in the middle of that. There's this article that comes out where Hal Wallace basically says, we can make films like Beckett, which is the Shakespeare adaptation with Richard Burton, Peter Toole and all that, on the back of these shitty Presley pictures. (laughs) Okay? And he threw Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis under the bus, too. But (laughs) let's focus on Presley. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Presley, who is very insecure about his background. Yes, yeah. And because it's really, because like I've been to Graceland twice, okay? It's the Beverly Hillbillies. It really is. And I don't mean that derogatory, but it is. And the fun part is when you're going on Graceland, look for bullet holes. Because <laughs> there are bullet holes everywhere. Because so that guy, the guy just shot the he walls. Just shot, and... He just shot everything up. You know? There's like a slide with a bullet hole in it. <laughs> he, had like a little, he had like a little target range. It's just, it's, go to Graceland. It's awesome. Oh, Priscilla, you don't yeah, want to. You don't want that slide back. <laughs> and so anyway, so that, cause like, cause like his, his, his film career is like teetering on the brink by now because when he, ca- when he got out of the service, cause like, like before the service, he did what? Loving you, uh, King Creole, jailhouse rock. And there's another one, but I can't think of it right now. What's the boxing one? Oh, that's later. That's King okay, Galahad. That's okay. And, but after, when he got back, he did GI blues, which did really well. But then he did like Flaming Star, which is a Western, and um, uh, Wild in the Country, where and they were sort of fizzles and huh. and critically panned. And so Parker then also got into his head too that people don't want to go to the movies to see Elvis Presley be somebody else; they want to go to the movies to see Elvis Presley be Elvis Presley. All right. And then so you get into this kind of this action man phase of Presley's yeah. career where. Now he's a it's Presley, but he's he's a boxer, or yep. he's a town sheriff, or he's, and Harold Scarum is the most meta, where he's playing himself as an actor playing himself. That sounds kind of brilliant. It, it, the movie's terrible, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and but then like after that article, backing up after that article came out, like Presley kind of went apoplectic over this, 
and it's kind of funny because if you watch like all the Wallace movies that he did for him after that, mm-hmm. he's phoning it in. He ain't even yeah. there, and yeah. uh, you know you don't blame him. And because uh, like, hey, why don't you spend a little money on my movies? But like I said, like after '64, like for all intents and purposes, like his acting career is over, huh. and he's just cashing a check, huh. you know. And that's really too bad because I, I, he's really good in Flaming Star. Yeah, and so in some of the movies, like when he's actually like, like Norman Turog was one of the directors who would get some something out of him. And he did like nine of them, nine of the post post service Presley pictures. How many movies did he end up doing? He, oh, Jesus, I want to say like eighteen or 19, 18, 19, yeah. twenty. And uh, but then you know, it ends with uh, uh, Change of Habit, where he's the <laughs> inner city doctor, oh, and really Tyler Moore's the nut. You know? Oh God! And so, but but yeah, and then and then Parker too. It's like. You know, all the aloha from Hawaii, that's all him, you know. And then, and then of course, then the Beatles come along and essentially blow him out of the water. And they had no, they had no answer for that whatsoever. And so. Do you think the Beatles ended Elvis? I didn't think it helped. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because like, uh, I think uh, one of his last number one records or album sells was like the soundtrack for, for Roused About. Okay. And it was like number one for like a week and a half. And then the Beatles took over again. Huh. And so like Hard Day's Night brought in like ten million at the box office. I think Ralph's about brought in maybe four if huh. he was lucky. You yeah. know, and just yeah. the record sales is just like he tried to compare them or whatever. And they didn't have any answer for it because they just kept doing the, the same, same thing. thing. Yep. yep. And so but again that's what that's what you remember about Elvis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so like everything I'm seeing in this trailer, it's like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Yep. And so it's like, shit, I'm in, you know. And so well, that sounds better to me yeah. than, than maybe what I saw. As, but again, as it's like with that with that action. Like I've heard some interviews with Parker, and it's like there is a little bit of a wild buzz, you know, when he's talking <laughs> or whatever. But it's like I don't know what the hell that was. I, I don't like, know I, it's like, what are you doing, dude? And Tom Hanks is a fantastic actor, right? And so, I, feeling. I know, but like I said he's. I I remember. I think this has been years ago. He was like on the Kevin Pollock chat show. And they were talking Tom about, it. yeah, and he's like, he's like fascinated by that relationship and fascinated by the colonel. That's why he wanted to do the movie. And of and course, so, he got COVID uh, shooting it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, okay, Steph, let me ask you this because mm-hmm. you you like Baz Luhrmann, I gather. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where do you think it kind of fits on on the Baz Luhrmann spectrum of things? Just going by the trailer. Yeah, just going by the trailer. I know it's hard to say. It's a ba- <laughs> Let me ask you to speculate. Uh-huh. Um, what you know, kind of I'm gonna. What do you see? Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna put it between Strictly Ballroom and Romeo and Juliet. Because I'll tell you what, he's not scared to swing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, take a big swing. But his stuff is always so over the top. So why wouldn't the trailer be as well? Yeah, I, like I said, I think I'm in the minority of not liking it. And well, you guys can disagree with me, and it's totally cool. It's not a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You know, or, 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 but it, it, it is. Sorry, go ahead, Steph. Sorry. Sorry. It just, it, it piqued my interest and, and, like, reminded me that, oh, yeah, I like Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I saw a tweet the day it came out um, from someone who was like, um, here, take my money, as soon as he saw the trailer, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe maybe we'll all go see it and we'll do it for different reasons. It's like someone told me we're going to dress Tom Hanks up as a bullfrog. Well, and have- <laughs> I, 
it's like one of the one of the greatest theatrical experiences of my life. I took my mom to like a fiftieth anniversary screening of Elvis on tour. Yeah, and this is like when they're doing fifteen cities in fifteen days, you know. And I was in a theater alone with about a hundred women my mom's age, <laughs> and some of them came in in their old Elvis gear oh, and their pins the and best. their pennants and everything. And there was this one crazy old lady in front of us, like, "Oh my god!" You know, the whole time, <laughs> you know. And, and at the end, he's like serenading us out with memories. He's like, "Oh no, you gotta make me cry!" And then when it was over, everybody stood up and applauded, and I was on my feet applauding with them. I was like. Fuck yeah, Elvis lives, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm a born and bred Presbyterian. I'm there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And so, but again, yeah, I was watching the trainers like, yep, 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 yep. I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. Well, yeah, I'm in 100%. So cool. All right, Tessa, do you have any thoughts that we have anything we haven't added on that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Love for your time, dear. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. It just struck me. <laughs> oh yeah, I could go on for hours. Yeah, on Presley's film career, I really could. Yeah, cool. All right, so now <laughs> we're gonna jump to the other one. I have no transition oh. for this. I have no transition. Left turn. <laughs> okay, so Steph, I'm I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Okay. 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 So. Texas Chainsaw has been remade. So there was a sequel. And There's then been was, like nine of them. Then there was The Next Generation. Then there was Leatherface. Then there was two other... So it's been rebooted probably... This is the fifth time? The sixth time? At least. At least, yeah. Because okay. what's the one with Jennifer Beals in one of them? And is, is that the same one with Matt Bomer? Or was that a different one? Are you taking Matt McConaughey and... No, that's, no that's, that's Next Generation. No, this is... I. Let's, okay, keep talking. Okay, we're, we're going to consult the internet here. But okay, this most recent of however many uh, updates this has done, and I was talking about this earlier today, is uh, directed by, I think either directed or produced by Fede Alvarez, who is the guy who did the uh, Evil Dead remake. The hand-picked by Sam Raimi guy to do the Evil Dead remake. I didn't think and that was that bad. I, I agree. I kind of like the Evil Dead remake. Anytime... You know, it's raining blood and someone pulls off their own hand in order to fight a doppelganger version of themselves. It's like, okay, you got my attention. So <laughs> it, they, they did a pretty good job with the Evil Dead remake. And then the guy goes on to do the, the Don't Look or Don't Breathe series with them. Okay. Um, oh, uh, about the, the okay. blind the blind uh, guy where they break into, the teenagers break into his house and, and things get really, really disturbing and wacky really, really <laughs> fast. Um, anyway, and those are good movies. And uh, so... I am not here to say that the people who made this are bad filmmakers. What I am here to say is, by my humble estimation, they completely misunderstood what made the original interesting and got way too cute with it. Um, the plot of this one, as Chad continues to research, is that basically it's it's Halloween but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the plot is there's there are these these group of Internet chef influence. Somehow types? The, the Sawyer House yeah. has moved within two miles of Austin. It's like, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so that's the start. <laughs> so let's start there. And uh, uh, there's an orphanage in this ghost town that these influencers are buying. It's like, the, yeah, these carpetbagger hipster yeah. douche nozzles, essentially. Yeah. I, I think that was in the script, hipster douche nozzles. At yeah. least I would assume so. But anyway, go ahead. And they're going to start 
some sort of hipster community there? Is I that think the theory? So. It's like they were auctioning off parcels of land. So like, oh, pretty cupcakes. Good. You can be over there. At one we're going to put okay. the comic shop over there. Yeah, we're yeah. going to put my art studio over here. Uh-huh, it's like, right. what? Okay. So they're going to come into this small Texas town, take it over and give it all that newfangled internet money. Great. Uh, as they are exploring the town, they see a rebel flag, uh, the, the stars and bars right. go in there and they find the remnants of an orphanage which has been run by the Borg Queen, by Alice Kriege, who Was that uh, her? That was Alice Kriege, yeah. Okay. Who uh, has the immortal line, if I knew you were coming, I had to put my face on. Wah, it's <laughs> and uh, there's only one person left in this orphanage, and this person is an 80-year-old Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong about any of this so far? <laughs> no. Okay. No. One of the film's most egregious missteps is uh sally who survived the the first one. Oh, we'll, we'll get that okay uh, okay uh, okay. So, so, okay so at one point the uh, uh <laughs> the hipster douche nozzles upset alice kreege so much that she has a heart attack <laughs> leatherface picks her up who is not leatherface he's just some guy the police are like hey guy we know you you're with this old lady and uh he picks her up takes her to the ambulance she dies which unleashes the Leatherface. Oh, also not to mention that one of the influencers went with her. Yeah. I don't they... know. She went with the sheriff and be like, I'll keep a look. Uh, I'll keep an eye on this old lady. Because the, the, the two sisters and the one sister was like a complete uh, douche nozzle at the gas station. And suddenly she's worried about the old lady. Yeah. Like, and what? the other one is the victim of, of a, a uh, school, school shooting. School massacre. Because yeah. that's the real horror, Chad. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> sure. It's a, so uh, uh, Leatherface then kind of cuts off his mom's face, or his, this, this old lady's face, wears it around. Holds it up into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, go, and then goes into town, on. murders some people, murders more people, murders all the cops, gets on a bus full of hipster douche nozzles and murders them all. We're going to cancel them. Yeah, on they Twitter. were going to cancel <laughs> And then the original. Well, uh, no, that's a line. That's yeah. an actual line from the movie. Gonna cancel you, bro. If you do anything, you're canceled, bro. Dude, he has a bloody chainsaw, and he's yeah. gonna saw you in half. The, the other thing is, he probably kills, what, conservatively 20 people on that bus? Yeah. I imagine if they all rushed him at some point, right. some of them could have gotten to the exits. Right. But no, that's also not Also, yeah. not to mention that there are two exits on the side, and then there's a door. You could have just easily ran out, but no, we're gonna stay. So, so what we have done... Before we get to the, the most egregious part, what we have done is we have traded the subtlety and imagination used in uh, the low-budget Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the 70s, yeah. where what you what your brain manufactures is worse than what you actually see, yeah. to giant swabs of CGI gore, <laughs> which, oh man. Digital it, blood splatter it was, the bane of my existence. It was, it was rough. Yeah. But then... Then, well, at this point, I'm like, eh, this is harmless enough. It's not hurting anybody. It's not my Texas Chainsaw, but it's not hurting anybody. It, I don't it, care. I, it's, but it's, then. It, it, Did they, it's, like, kill half of the main characters I, by now? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, it's it's competently made. Yes, definitely. It's, it's fairly competently shot. There's a few kind of set pieces that kind of work, but then it, it basically chainsaws its own head off. Literally. Literally. Literally in one at the end. But... But then, okay. But the, it just, it's just, the it's that, so, the setup is so stupid. It's like so contrived. And it's, what, what? 
what? What are you? And it's like, I, uh, and it's like, this, then, is, this is what you're doing. Okay. They decide to go Halloween on us where the original survivor from the original Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre yeah. has been, is now a Texas Ranger. Apparently <laughs> she is. She's an old lady in a cowboy been hat looking with a for, She's been looking for Leatherface ever since she got away, which they explained. But they, did she know where he lived? <laughs> yeah. But they, he's, he can't, but he had a mask on. So she doesn't know. Where oh that was God. the line they explained it away yeah. with. Oh was, my God. He had a mask on. You can't find someone if you don't know what they look like. So oh. anyway, she shows yeah. up. Uh, wah, about the wah. time the two final girls are running away, and yeah. she goes, "There's only two left." I've been waiting. Yeah, because the- they killed uh, uh, not Stephen Dorf, redneck. Yeah. He stored the redneck hero. Yeah. Who? Oh god. They whole, snapped his knee the other way. God, this whole, but, but, oh, this movie. Oh. So imagine you're watching Halloween with an older but still smoking hot Jamie Lee Curtis. She shows up, says, oh, Michael Myers, I'm going to kill him tonight. And then Michael Myers comes and stabs her 500 times. That was kind of what you get in this one where she's like, no, it was even worse than that because he lifts her up with the chainsaw. Before that, she's got him with the shotgun in the room. It's like, do you remember me? And it's like, say my name, say my name. And when he doesn't recognize her and then he just, she just lets him walk off. I know. It's like, what are you doing, movie? And this, this, okay, this whole thing is like, <laughs> and I hate it because this happens in a lot of horror films. I know. And it's some kind of, it's like, forgive me, young Tessa. Yeah. It's sort of some kind of cinematic coxmanship. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that one bitch got away in the first one. Well, we'll show her, uh-huh. you know, in the second one. It's like, oh, get, get, yeah. get fucked. <laughs> you know, and... And like taking that character and doing that to her, and it's like, uh, what are you even doing? Yeah. You know, and yep. who thought this was a good idea? And it's like, I can see everybody sitting around a table smoking a lot of marijuana and maybe smarting some cocaine and going, this is what we're going to do. And it's like, oh my God. Here, here's my thought, because uh, I, my understanding is that Netflix might not be the most discerning when it comes to their pitches. Not that I want to speak. Well, my understanding is some great stuff on there. What happened was they had a test screening of it. This is supposed to be a theatrical release. I didn't, I didn't hear this. Okay. They did a, they did a test screening of it and it tested so bad for obvious reasons (laughs) that the studio just kind of like dumped it on Netflix. Uh, That's what happened. That makes sense because yeah. I could see someone going into a studio head and saying, it's Halloween, but for Texas Chainsaw. Right. And ta-da, you've got your, you've got your check. Oh, check yeah. falls in my lap. It's, it's, it's one of those movies to me. It's like, it kind of falls in a gray area where, I mean, there were parts of it that I was laughing at cause it's just so fucking stupid, but it's like, <laughs> it's not bad enough to be enjoyable on that level no it's competently made and it's very competently and but then because i like the part where where she's under the floorboards yeah and she's trying to scramble away but again it's like it ends with him sawing through a sewer pipe and she gets covered in (laughs) shit yeah and it's like oh god what what are you doing? To which you know, point the movie had already lost me. And right. We're all three sitting around watching it and we go, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's like we talk about earlier. It's like our, when you watched it first and then I watched it and I kept messaging you. I got to the whole thing. These, I got to <laughs> read some of these quotes. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, right. we were just, we were just sitting around and every now and then dad would read something and be like, look what Chad just sent me. He's watching this. He's watching this. Uh, okay, I hate it already. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! With six O's. Wait, what? 
the gentrification premise is fuck stupid. Uh, oh, for dumb. Oh, for even dumber. <laughs> now that's just silly. Won't anyone think of the sunflowers? <laughs> Okay, you kept saying he looked like uh, that Leatherface looked like Ugnot. What's Ugnot? They look like an Ugnot. Um, you know, from Empire Strikes Back, the little pig oh. guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, and from the Mandalorian, the little, he looked I like have, an Ugnot. I have spoken. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 you stupid movie. He still looks like an Ugnot. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Oh, no. Eat shit and live movie. <laughs> There you go. Because that, it, then, and then the ultimate ending. Ah, screw it. I'm going to spoil it. Where <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Yes, Sally sort of almost redeems herself after getting lifted in the air on the end of a chainsaw. She passes the torch or the she, shotgun. She gets she she shoots him, saves the girls. And I don't get how she would. She would not have survived no, if the chainsaw no, was through her. No. Like, no. No. That's just another yeah, another insult to injury in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the two final girls, they shoot Leatherface. He twice. Falls, they so shoot him twice. They stick a twice. chainsaw through it, and they yeah. dump him in and a And they dump him pond. in so, a... So, yeah, it's like I said, is there, is there an aquifer all this time? <laughs> what the hell is this? And so... And and then, of course, it ends. They get in the car. And it's like, as soon as, they open, as, soon as they open the sunroof, yeah. and it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to end. And they're driving away. And all of a sudden, Leatherface isn't as dead as we thought. He grabs the one sister, yanks her out of the car, and chops her head off. <laughs> While the that... other girl jumps out of the sunroof as the car is still rolling away, screaming, No! <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then Leatherface sort of does his dance. Yeah, okay, maybe. did you stick around for the stinger? No, I did not. Uh, there was a stinger? There's a stinger at the end where oh. it cuts back, and he's walking back to the old Sawyer house from the original. <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> seriously movie eat shit and live okay so so here's here's my quick take and then steph i would love to get your thoughts on what we have just thrown out there um the uh, this should be a new segment let's try to get steph to watch this now we're just giving you a glowing recommendation now, um okay the why is chainsaw so hard it's not that know. hard because basically, the the two things that would have worked one way or the other. So again, if if I'm pitching it, okay, maybe you start with the idea that the '70s movie was what a snuff film would have looked like in the '70s. Sure. And maybe you either do a period piece that would have been a lot of fun, you know, where where you could you could kind of revisit that aesthetic, or you could sit down and ask yourself the question, what is a snuff film going to look like in 2020? Yeah. And start there. Well, or just what is unsettling about it? What it, you know? How can you make this unsettling? Because it was slick, it was gory, and yeah. it was and ultimately one the, just one nothing. One of the biggest mistakes slasher movies ever made, or this kind of film, is about Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. It's like the other the characters, the victims didn't matter anymore. Yeah, let's right, just right, right, make right, right. them just disposable fodder. Let's make them assholes of the highest order. Roger Ebert was big so, on this. Yeah, so yeah, we're, so we'll we'll cheer on the killer. Mm-hmm. You know, and but then that got old very fast mm-hmm. to me. And I mean, in the original film, I mean, those characters weren't necessarily likable, but Franklin. they were. But they were. Well, <laughs> Frank, Frank Franklin's annoying, but they're human beings. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, and like the original Friday the 13th, you kind of like those those kids a little bit, you know, and Halloween, you like the babysitters. Right, right, right. They, they had a little bit of a personality. Yeah, the person, and you know, you knew who these people were. And it's like this this movie, everyone is painted in just the broadest of strokes. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, who gives a shit? Let's get to the chainsaw. Yep. You know, the and... The only character I liked was kind of a redneck hero who I thought was going to be a redneck hero at some point. But... Yeah, and and again, it's like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's like, I kind of see what they were doing, but it's, those are like, oh, fuck you, movie, you know? <laughs> and, Not to uh, mention that the chainsaw didn't actually come in until, oh, like, Act 2. Well, yeah. and here's the other thing. The did you notice didn't it make was, an appearance. Did you notice that... It was just a chainsaw, like it was yellow, like it was a craftsman chainsaw. Right. Oh wow, it's sitting, it's sitting inside a wall for how long? It's probably full of rat turds and it who works. knows what else. And it's like, you're gonna get that started? Yeah, good luck. Yeah, so, in a matter of two seconds. Well, I guess the, it, it did take him a while to get it started. So I guess okay, props to that movie. But the the thing I don't understand why it's so hard to to see what was so great about the '70s one. And then tried to do something else with it because, I mean, like one of the other remakes, I remember reading some review of it where it said uh, they tell us the history of the chainsaw, which was one time Leatherface picked up a chainsaw. (laughs) You know, it's like they just don't. Maybe this isn't the kind of movie that demands a lot of thought. Well, to me, like Chainsaw 3D is still the dumbest entry. This might be the worst Uh, because it's just so many, so many mistakes. And but it's. Again, it's commonly made, you know, I guess if you had a crowd or whatever, you might get into it and make fun of it or whatever, but I don't suggest watching it alone. Yeah, I'm the guy who hated Chainsaw 2 until I realized it was a comedy, you know? <laughs> I'm not a fan of Chainsaw 2. I'm really not. I know it's a comedy. I get it, but it's just like, I, uh, no. Yeah. And, and three, club. 3 is like, okay. And yeah. that next generation thing, and then it, that got even, like, the ending is like, Dumb. I don't remember the ending of it. I remember it not being as bad. It's like this whole right Illuminati thing. Oh, no. It's oh, like, yeah, it's no. like the Illuminati. It's like the Illuminati are behind the Sawyers being cannibals. You know? And that's, that's one of the funny oh. things I like the beginning, you know, with the whole the whole John Larroquette yeah. pre, you know, true crime documentary on, on the Sawyer part. But they, like, kept pulling, like, all the bodies out, and it's like there wouldn't be any bodies left. No. They're cannibals! They, they ate them! <laughs> that sausage you had at the gas station! That was Franklin, you know. That's the point, yeah. Yeah. Give it some thought. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And so, but yeah, no chainsaw. Chainsaw to me, chainsaw 3D is still the dumbest. But there's actually you can get some, you can wring some entertainment out of it because it is that dumb. Yeah, yeah. This is like, ugh. so anyway, Steph. What did you- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Have we sold you on Texas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Only if I was able to watch it with you guys. <laughs> Not watching it by myself. Put it on the list. <laughs> but yeah. Get Shannon to watch it. Next there time we go. get together. No. There you no. Go. So you didn't like it either, Tess? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Mostly because you should, like, be sad when somebody dies. Yeah. Nope, they kill on the main person yeah. in the matter well, of would, five minutes. Would you mind sharing with the audience how you watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh yeah, mom and dad were, <laughs> were with their friends, and Emily and I were in the basement at like nine o'clock with all the lights turned off, eating pasta in yeah. the dark, watching Chainsaw Massacre together. Yeah, her sister showed her Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It we was got, amazing. We got home and we're like, we watched Texas Chainsaw. I was like, what? <laughs> Guys, why could, not? You could have let me give it some context. No. 
Yeah. Anyway. Well, I said that, and it's like said, there's some artistry in that first one, and then, but everything else is just is just weird. Well, I read uh, uh, Gunnar Hansen's book about it. Oh, it's a great book. It's a great it's awesome. book. It ch- Chainsaw Confidential. Yep. Can't recommend it enough just yep. because it's, it, it really is a testament to they kind of knew what they were doing, but what it happened was. a lot of weed. Yeah, but what happened was better than they had anticipated, yeah. I think. I think they hit yeah. something without necessarily aiming for I it. I like, you read that like in a lot of movies uh, that are, that kind of of that breed where it's like at some point they realize oh jesus we, we really got something yeah here. yeah and i think this was one of by those. accident by design who the hell knows but but yeah no that's like that movie Whew. love that movie love that movie too so Not all right new one. <laughs> well the, <laughs> they're remaking stuff they're talking oh, about boy. elvis yeah <laughs> making it. yeah okay oh boy but you know that elvis movie i'm there yeah, I, I, uh, who are we kidding? I'll be there too. Yep. Tom Hanks was a bullfrog. He looks like Vera Farmiga! <laughs> and that's weirding me out! Hey, man, uh, look, look over there. My boy's best friend's his mother, man. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing we could talk about. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so we will be back after the guitar noise with some recommendations, but uh, yeah, let us know what you think. <laughs> we, we have thoughts. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Some, <coughs> some recommendations, some things we've been reading, uh, watching, paying attention to the last uh, last uh, little bit. So, uh, anybody want to go first? Anyone got a got a good one? I, I'll go first. All right. What do you got, Steph? Well, it's not something. Um, well, I don't know how to describe it, but it's something that Shannon and I are doing. My daughter, um, with our Dungeons and Daughters. Great podcast. Yep. When's it coming back? Uh, we're in pre-production on season two, which Woo-hoo! means we've got the first episode done and that's it. <laughs> so um, we want to get a couple more completed before we start releasing it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, we have decided to try our hand at doing a Let's Play video game. Oh, fun. So on, at twi- on Twitch, um, every Saturday afternoon... One of us is going to be playing a video game live and you can come in and chat with us and we'll talk about the show and we'll talk about some lore behind the characters and stuff and then also play video games right now. I'm playing Portal. Cool. Um, I just saw they're going to release that for the Switch. I'm so happy. Oh, cool. Right on. Um, so if you go to twitch.tv slash pod you'll see our our videos and um also if you click on yeah yeah you can subscribe um because we're also putting them on youtube so um nice yeah so the links are all in the about on twitch and so um if you go to youtube you'll see 
our latest videos that we've put up and and that way you don't have to be available when we're playing you can watch them anytime if you want nice yeah we can put a link in our description for the podcast app too yep i will do that ah yay okay cool so that's what we're doing awesome that sounds good do you watch anything good or no i'm still watching let's (laughs) play No, that's good. That's I just, I, I just, time too. I just watched a guy play the entirety of Breath of the Wild and then all the DLC. Um, Tess and I are working our way through Breath of the Wild right now. Oh, boy. Uh, we're at the part where Link has to dress up and drag to get into a specific. <laughs> oh, in Naruto Town, yeah. yeah. And it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good part. Red Letter yeah. Media do uh, the Ghostbusters game. Oh, fun! As good. Yeah. So. Cool. cool. Well, I'll go next. Um, oh, come on. Oh, it, oh, you can go after me. So, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Chad. By the way, you, you were jerk. last uh, last podcast. Uh, Chad recommended Reacher. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah. Whew, good stuff. Yeah, we're we're enjoying it. The way I described the lead, whose name is eluding me or eluding me right now, Alan something. We only had an online database. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the 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 guy who plays Jack Reacher, which by the way, it's not normally my jam. I mean that that sort of you know, paramilitary sort of thing is not usually, you know, I like noir, but, um, Alan Richardson, Alan Richardson, I describe him as he's like, if Chris Pratt were 15% less charming, 60% more beefy and had a hundred percent less problematic Christian, uh, connections, you know, he's, he's okay. Uh, not to, not to sidetrack here, but a bit, but like with him and I want to say army hammer, did they really do something bad or is that just Twitter bullshit? I no, know. Army Hammer did something bad. Yeah. Okay, I said I don't, I I don't pay much attention, but yeah, I just yeah. saw a death on the Nile. He goes, I did too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He. he what? He's yeah. a cannibal? Well. He, he, okay. He said he had the desire to taste human flesh. Well, his his thing was he, was he drunk? He was in, he was in a uh, subdom relationship, uh, extramarital relationship. Uh, okay. And the the lady released some of his uh, uh, text messages and oh. they were either into vor or right around that basically I, I want to cook and eat you as a way of domination sort oh, of thing so it was a little it was it was, okay. was kind of creepy well, I said yeah I don't know because like even Twitter gets a uh, throws a rod over something it's like Chris, okay Chris, is, is there yeah. a tr- is there a nugget of truth to this or yeah. is it just Twitter bullshit yeah, yeah so Chris when Pratt we were less, watching yeah. uh, Death on the Nile whenever they showed <laughs> Whenever they showed him, my sister was sitting next to me, and I'd go, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, kept making eating people jokes." <laughs> um, Chris Pratt, I think, is less so. He's he's just associated himself with a, a church in Hollywood that uh, has some, as I understand it, slightly questionable uh, dealings. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, okay. less said about. So that, anyway, back to Reacher. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. Uh, the the lead is fantastic. He's he, just got uh, that right mix of like meathead, but he's also using that so people won't underestimate. Him. Yeah, yeah. Excellent and supporting cast. Too. Excellent supporting cast. Um, Guillermo is in it. Uh, yep. uh, from uh, what we do in the shadows, Harry or uh, um, I can't think of that actor's name. Uh, Matthew. Oh, Malcolm Goodwin too, as the as the detective. Yeah, that guy's been great. He was like an eye zombie. He was in. Uh, uh, what was that thing where they're breaking out breakout game? Oh yeah, with the prisoners or whatever. He was, he was very, he's pretty he's good, really so, good in it. Yeah, real, real good, uh, real good, solid stuff. So I like. And that. it was good to see Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill's in it. <laughs> so, um, uh, the other bit is that uh, Mrs. Maisel's back. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into dive into that pretty soon. But I really like that. Have show. you watched all of Reacher yet? No. We're, okay. We're about four. Okay. Well, I won't spoil anything yet. But 
I read an article recently where it was basically just it was the death of the mystery box in TV shows hmm. and shows have become people there. I want to blunt's not the right word, but it's like, no, what you see is what you're going to get. Right. This is going to go exactly where you think it is. Have fun. Resolve this. Re- exactly. Yeah. And so you're not getting caught up in, you know, uh, you know, like the JJ Abrams horseshit. Right. You know? right, right, right. And so, cause you're kind of expecting a twist. Cause like there was, no, what's the one with the, all the gals in the plane wreck or whatever. Cause like, oh, like uh, that's pretty straightforward too. Because because people uh, yellow jackets yellow jackets okay. yeah I hear I that's great yeah I haven't seen that and but again yeah so it's like it's just it's straightforward it's it's not disingenuous it's very is genuous is that the right word I don't know. <laughs> genuous yeah it's very genuine. It, yeah it's very genuine and so it's it's and to me that's kind of nice because I'm getting kind of tired of that kind of thing where it's like it's yeah. so it's it sort of resolved yeah. but oh no it's not because we got to do something for the second season and yeah. so it's like eh. yep or stop taking your 90 minute movie and stretching it out to 12 episodes because there's not enough there. yeah 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 so. uh the other thing i wanted to recommend before we get to tessa's recommendations mm. is uh, uh i usually nostalgia is a plague right nor sometimes nostalgia just you know eats eats uh, all the good stuff sort but, of a new opiate for the masses yeah not to yeah. quote Karl marx but yep. there you go but anyway. however um a friend of mine turned me on to a podcast called 60 songs that explain the 90s and i <laughs> I, I, I came for the nostalgia but i stayed because the the guy who uh who does it is an exceptional writer okay. and he writes it all out and then kind of performs what he's written about these songs and of course does a lot of research and then has a guest on to talk about him but the dude uh is just exceptional like there's a line he said in one of the episodes where he's talking about my heart will go on by uh, celine dion yeah. and by the way he covers everything you know rap rock uh achy breaky heart i mean you know just, just <laughs> everything he does and uh, the line he said is he's going on and on kind of on a roll about how powerful Celine Dion voices, you know, so sure. she's like a Mack truck running and over a family like of ducklings, you 90 know, 90 pounds soaking wet too, yep. you know? and so- came up with the phrase. And I'm going to remember this phrase because it was so good as she came here to sing and kick ass and she's all out of ass. <laughs> Such a good line. And so I came for the nostalgia, but I stayed for the content. It's called 60 songs that explain the nineties. It's through, um, uh, what's Ben Simmons thing. Um, uh, the ringer i believe okay I, I could be wrong but anyway okay. look look it up it's it's very very worth watching versus worth listening to okay just to interrupt here a little bit it's like 90s music have you seen the trailer for that dave roll movie i have yes <laughs> that looks like a treat that looks like a friggin treat studio 666 or something like that where, where the plot is the demon affects dave Grohl and he kills his oh, band yeah. while they're recording an album i know it's like, that. That. Uh, it's like okay it's like oh I, I think i might show up for that yeah so. i think i'll show up for that too uh, <laughs> it's like a lot of things like the bit there obviously nobody's an actor i just love that part of it yep too. It's yep like, dave's turned into a demon and he's killing everybody <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> pat smear as, yeah dude <laughs> I, I hardly believe that guy's playing guitar when he's playing guitar, but right. man, it's, right. it's impressive. Right. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. So Tessa, do you have anything you want to recommend? Murderville. Oh yeah. Murderville. <laughs> Murderville is a, uh, have you heard God, of this on Netflix? Will Arnett. Will Arnett plays the same detective and he has a partner every different episode, but everyone has a script except for the new, uh, partner who has to do complete improv the entire time okay 
it's so stupid. Okay. <laughs> and there's a different stupid murder. in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's a different murder every episode, and you have to figure it like figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of going along with the guest star. Okay. But, but yeah, they've got some like big names. They've had Conan O'Brien, uh, <laughs> Kumail Nanjiani, Kumail Nanjiani, and Marshawn Lynch okay. from the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> from the running star running back for the Seattle Seahawks. And he's amazing. He was really good. He was really. Funny. He was really funny. Yeah, we started watching Murder Villains real good. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it a little, little improv, little mystery, a lot of funny. I mean, yeah. they do the same thing every time, but in a different scenario. Okay. It's still the bit in the bit in the uh, uh, trailer that got me was they've got Conan O'Brien there, and he goes, uh, uh, "Tell him your name is Jim Simmons." And my name is Jim Simmons Berg. Jim Simmons Berg. Son. <laughs> Jim's big. Jim Simmons Berg son. son. <laughs> it just keeps going until he's got like you know twenty syllables in his last name. <laughs> Yeah, it's cute. So, nice. All right, Chad, what what are you paying attention to? Okay, well, <laughs> this okay. I saw a movie uh, called Letters to the Big Man, Letters from the Big Man. Okay, sorry. And how do I describe this? Uh, I think what they were shooting for was kind of a gorilla, f- gorilla from the gorillas from the mist, only with a Sasquatch. <laughs> Okay, so but it's so someone trying to save the Yeti. Okay, <laughs> this movie makes my head hurt. Okay, um, there's a gal. She works for the Fish and Wildlife Services in Oregon. She's just gotten out of a terrible relationship, and she goes off into the woods. And Bigfoot's kind of stalking her, but at some point, you're not sure if she has mentally materialized Bigfoot as the perfect mate or so. I don't know what this movie's trying to tell me, but the long and the short of it is she spends more time in the wilderness. Bigfoot's always hanging around and leaving her like these little stick carvings. These are the letters from the big man. Letters from the big man. And it's, and they fall in love. I don't, (laughs) there's, there's this weird oh, narration, whoa. but again, it's like what, what is? And it's taken, it's played serious on a dime. I love it. And there's this, and and there's this whole subplot where the military wants to capture Bigfoot because they think they can weaponize him <laughs> or something. Now that's a story. And but then yeah, and and this like this gal, he said she's and 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 I don't know, <laughs> and but. Someone else watch this movie and tell me what they think because it's like I have questions. And but yeah, can I confess when you said it was called Letters from the Big Man, yeah. I thought it was like like Heaven is for Real. No, or one no, of those. no. And again, like I said just the way it's shot, and there's these earlier scenes where she's like sitting by a creek in the middle of the thing, and there's this syrupy music playing, and then this weird narration, and then suddenly like a Bigfoot is superimposed into the scene, and he's like. Hello, and it's like what the hell, and and uh, Bigfoot's like this big, fat gorilla suit kind of thing. And he's like a pickle barrel waddling around the woods, and he's got these yes. luscious lips, and it's like, what are you trying to tell this movie? What is happening? And and but I'm not making it sound near as like this entertaining or whatever because like ninety percent of the movie is just this gal wandering around the woods. Okay, as and there's do. and as you do, and she's also there's this, this this other guy that comes in between her and this Bigfoot that might exist or might not exist. I don't know, 
but someone, like I said, somebody else watched Letters from the Big Man and where is it? Help me. I saw it. Where did I see it? I think I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> and because I, I watch a lot of Wait. big, I watch a lot of Bigfoot shit on YouTube and that suddenly popped up. I'm like, well, what's this? And it's like, <laughs> like maybe, maybe we uh, uh, can of worms this for another I don't episode. know. I don't know if I can sit through it again. I really don't. Because it's like, what? What? <laughs> what? Okay. So uh, moving on. I also saw a couple of pretty good documentaries. One was Django and Django. Oh, yeah. I, is, saw, I saw that. Or, I didn't see it. Yeah. It's it. a documentary on Sergio Cabrucci, who was sort of the other Italian filmmaker from Sergio Leone. He made Django. He made uh, Vampire and Goliath, uh, or Goliath and the Vampires, and like Navajo Joe, and, and okay. a bunch of other stuff too. And like I said, just fascinating how the guy worked. And then also, what she said, which is about, which is about Pauline Kael. Oh yeah, film reviewer. yeah, yeah. And it's she's one of those film reviewers. It's like if you agree with what she says, it's like rock on, lady. You tell them. But if you don't agree with her, it's like Ooh. fuck you, yeah, lady. Yeah, well, yeah. you don't know what the hell you're talking about. She you know? could be. Re- she was yeah. really good. But yeah, no, she's excellent. No, it's just an excellent writer and everything. And it's sort of just the fascinating journey of where where she got. And um, so highly recommend those. And then also another documentary called Beast Wishes, which is a horrible title, but it's a great documentary (laughs) on Bob and Kathy Burns. From Bob's Basement, Tracy the Girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, how they sort of came to be and how they sort of ushered in this whole generation of monster kids huh. into these great special effects artists like Rick Baker, uh, the K and B guys, mm-hmm, everybody. Mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, and then how like I said, and how he accumulated all this stuff over the years. And as he has his own fascinating career, like as a gorilla man and everything. But again, it's like, it's not just Bob, it's a Kathy too, his wife. Yeah. And it's just a fascinating relationship and it's kind of a wonderful fairy tale story. And everybody loves them, and they love everybody, and it's great. great. And there's not a cynical moment in that entire movie. I love and it's, it. it's really good. And so, yeah, and that's it. Cool. And someone else, he like said, letters from the big man. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> well, we watched Turkish Star Wars. I can't imagine okay. it's gonna hurt a lot worse. Okay. This is beautifully shot and good nature stuff. And there's also Ghost Bigfoot, maybe not a Ghost Bigfoot. I don't know because it ends where she says she's gonna she's gonna wander off into the wilderness. If you don't hear from, from from me in a year, whatever. And Call the president. They like name drop. What was the gal's name from Girls in a Mist or whatever? It's like, yeah, oh, you yeah. realize someone chopped her head off, right? Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, she was a... Yeah. 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 So anyway. Hmm. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Wow. For us. Sorry, everybody. I got a little... Yeah. For this movie. for this week of We Have Opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Talk about Elvis. Yep. No, um, it's not that bad. <laughs> I'm making no, it out to be no, worse. It, it, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> did the did the trailer give you the vapor? Did you run toward the TV going, what what is this? What is happening? I don't know. So, I don't know. At some point, it's like, it, it, I, I hate to, we ended the podcast, but uh, everything reminds me of Walk Hard anymore because sure. it's like that one. And I was watching Book of Boba Fett when he would go lay down in his bantha tank to heal. And I was thinking, <laughs> Boba Fett's got to think about his whole life before he gets out and becomes the diamond of, <laughs> of uh, tattooing. You know, that's another one of those movies like there's no mystery box in it. You know, he's going to wind up, sorry, spoilers, he's going to yeah. wind up right in that ranker by the end, you know. And, oh, totally. And uh, <laughs> it's like, 
the whole thing was worth it for that final battle thing because yeah. that was just great. So. We didn't talk Peacemaker either. I was going to mention the that Peacemaker started off slow and got real, real good. <laughs> so if you haven't finished up Peacemaker yet, please want, do that. But. I want a vigilante spin-off. So All right. I, I got to end the podcast. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. <laughs> been listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at awoc podcast see us on facebook at facebook.com slash atomic weight of cheese or shoot us an email at atomic weight of cheese at gmail.com we love your feedback <laughs>